you can deliver value to a client if you know vastly more about the subject than they do. And you can actually not just answer their questions, but you know, help guide them on their journey. What are we talking about on the Grow Your Damn Business podcast? We're talking about business, specifically your business. Is it growing or are you stuck? How painful is that growth? Is it running you or are you running it? Are you working in your business or on your business? On the Grow Your Damn Business podcast, we explore these questions and much more. Expect a lively, spirited discussion about what it takes to grow your damn business. And now, on to the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Your Damn Business podcast. I'm your host, Scott Goodrich, and so happy to be with you again on a Friday. And joining me today is Rory Galvin. Rory, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here, Scott. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you as well. Rory and I are, are trying again here. Last time he and I tried to get this together, uh, suffered a uh, massive power outage in, in uh, mm-hmm. his hometown of uh, Montreal, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, correct, and, yeah. So we had to redo, reset, and so this is our, our take two. Rory is the CEO and founder of Navram, and uh, rather than me try to put words into Rory's mouth, I always like to give our guests just a chance to give a background of what that looks like, and then we'll, we'll learn a little about Rory's story and how we got to where we are today. So Rory, uh, tell us a little about Navram and, and how that uh, came to be. Yeah, so uh, uh, Navarum or Navirum, uh, we're a, a technology consulting company and services company. Um, company is, you know, four and a half years old, I would say at this point. Um, and we help primarily you know, the financial services industry to, you know, uh, modernize, transition their their systems, their processes to the cloud. So we do a lot of work with um, you know, companies like Salesforce um, and really help companies modernize and uh, their, their, their businesses. Um, so we've got, uh, you know, we've got people, uh, across North America in terms of our teams and people in Europe and India as well. Um, but the majority of our businesses is, is in the United States and Canada. So, uh, it's a little bit about the company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going to take a big guess here and say that that is not a French Montreal accent that you're sharing. So why don't you tell us about your background, no, right? From right, Ireland. That's and, right, that's <laughs> so right. Talk to us yeah. a little about uh, your journey and how you got to where you are today. Well, sure. Yeah. So I'm from Dublin, Ireland originally. Uh, my wife's Canadian. Uh, my son is was born in Dublin. Uh, we moved over here when he was six months old. Uh, so, um, yeah, so I grew up in, I grew up in Dublin. Uh, yeah. And you know, went to school there, went to university there. My family are still primarily based there. And, um, yeah, went to London, probably about 23, 24 years old and lived in the UK for about seven years. And then came back to Ireland and I met my wife there and, uh, you know, I got married and, you know, I, I guess we sort of, uh, I don't know what, what plan we had, but like we stayed there for about seven years and it was sort of time to give uh, give Canada a shot. So we moved over here, packed our bags and came over. And, you know, while that transition was happening, uh, there was like, I guess, a once in a sort of 10 year opportunity for me to do something different. So I started in in Navirum because basically I, you know, I was, my wife got a, you know, uh, got her dream job and uh, I was sort of um, in sort of transition. So I renovated a house. I took care of our son at home. And then in between all that madness, I, I got the business up and running. So I, you know, so, so that's kind of, that's where it all started. Yeah. 
Well, perfect time to start a business. Let's see, uh, new exactly. country, new job, right? Start, Never a good family time. take. Yeah. Never so, what, so what was that that catalyst to do that? A lot of folks that that I talk to have ideas, right? Yep. Um, I'm going to go do this. I want to be my own boss. All of those things that sound really appealing, particularly when you've been working for somebody else for some time. And and so mm-hmm. you made the call, right? You did not go back to work for somebody else. You decided to go strike out on your own. So walk me through just what happened to to make that a reality. Yeah, well, I mean, I'd been thinking about it for a while. And um, I, you know, I guess as a kid, you know, looking back, you know, not that I started thinking about when I was a kid, but I probably had those sort of like, uh, signals early on uh in in my in my youth and early teens you know i was the kid with the paper round and the you know mowing lawns and you know buying and selling things and what was the buy and sell you know magazine back then or paper and i had loads of these sort of the wrapping paper did you do that as well i feel like we have the same background i did the exact same thing had a couple paper rounds did the yeah i created the lawn mowing service trying to get my buddies to help me cut lawns in the neighborhood and then uh then sold some stuff door to door right yeah those were all those opportunities that we had to try to make a buck here and there Garage sales. I used to round up stuff in my parents' house and and, and go and sell it, whether they wanted me to to or not. And you know that that was just something we did back then. And um, I think you know a lot of kids in the nineties. It was it was a similar story. uh, You know, on on the on the street I grew up on. Um, But like it was just something people did. And I guess there was no nobody saying you're an entrepreneur or whatever. (laughs) You know, now it's like if a kid does that, that's the kind of immediate category to get put into. But for me, it was just something and I was always going to go on to school and university and, and study and stuff. But I did all that and I had a corporate career and I worked for some big companies like, um, you know, Accenture starting out and Bank of America and in Salesforce itself. But I kind of got to my, my 30s and uh, mid 30s, I guess. And I was like, look, I'm going to either go down the management route and, and leadership route in, in, you know, probably in Salesforce uh, or I'm going to start my own thing. And, um, I, but I really, my, my kind of, my, my senses were that like, I, this is something I wanted to do. And this is something that I was going to dedicate myself to. And, um, you know, so it started when I, when I was in there, I started to come up with ideas where I okay. focus, how the, you know, started to dream about where the company could go. Um, but like, I guess when we moved to, when we moved to North America, I was like, okay, there's an opportunity here. This is a huge market. Um, and, um, I, you know, I feel like I, this company's got a chance if we, if we give it a go here. So, um, so that's really where it started. It's, you know, just started off with an idea and sort of snowballed over time, uh, to, to where we are today. Yeah. And I, I wouldn't shortchange it. I know you, for, for you and, and maybe for me, it's okay. Well, that's what just kids did, but there's something there. Not mm. everyone did it. Right. So there was yeah. still some that chose not to go that way. And you, you mm. had that in you. So it is, there's a spark there that may get relit. You know, that's kind of the way I describe my yeah. path. I did something similar. I, I, I went, went to school and then said, okay, I'm going to go through and work for some different companies, many of which had an entrepreneurial nature or were, you know, were entrepreneurial ventures at the beginning, right? Most things are, they start, you know, they all start out with an idea and become something yeah. much larger but it doesn't go away and then when you have a chance to go oh, i'm gonna go do this i want to i want to go for it right and let me let me take a shot there so yeah. it, it does go back to that just t- mm-hmm. tell me about your you know fr- from growing up did, were, your, were your parents did they have any of that in their background where they had done some things taken some risks and, and gone out on their own what was their what was their story uh, like? no, no very much i'd <laughs> say uh they would have been the opposite so my my, my dad is uh you know was a senior civil servant in the irish government a senior leader in there my mother's a, a retired dental nurse so they 
they both went to university. They both studied after after high school, and you know got uh, you know got their qualifications and stuff. But you know they would have been sort of that post war sort of like you know coming from that sort of post war generation of like you know play it safe and make sure you've got a pensionable job and all that sort of stuff and um you know so that's kind of would have been the sort of the the mindset so you know there was there you know there was there was none of that sort of activity but my mother did to her to you know she did um encourage me to do it when i was younger right she's yeah. the one who encouraged me to do the the paper routes and and to to um uh you know sell stuff and and do the the lawn mowing and she's the one who said you should go out and knock on all the doors in our neighborhood and see who wa- who wants to do it every summer and you know, I managed to get like a small book of business that way. And yeah. so they were, they they would have always pushed me to do the things that I had natural enthusiasm to do, you know, so that's yeah. very much their, their way of thinking. I think that's a great way to think about kids and, and push them in that direction. It just, it is an yeah. interesting psychology to me and mm-hmm. I don't have any uh, background there, any training formerly in that space, but yeah, I'm similar to you in that, you know, my, yeah. my father worked for the, he was an attorney, but worked for the same yeah. law firm his entire life. Yeah. My mother worked uh, in the same school district once they had settled for her mm-hmm. entire career as a teacher. So very stable, yeah. right? And they weren't yeah. going out on their own. That wasn't their thing, but somehow no. I did and, and, you know, got to that place. So, you know, that journey is an interesting one. Just, you know, what, what is it, nature, nurture, and has it happened? Sounds like you're just given the space um, by your parents to cr- find, figure that out, right? They weren't going to put you into a path that said, you know, explore, try some things, right? See what, see what works for you. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, you know, for sure, like, I, I, I can't really put my, my finger on what actually drove it. I actually, I actually did other stuff as well. I actually ran a fishing tackle shop. Uh, I was big into the outdoors and fishing and stuff. And there was one close by and my friend, one of my best friends today, uh, James, we're still uh, best buddies. Uh, we, we ran at, at probably about 14, 15, 16 years old. And every summer we would, we would open it up and we ran it with that. You know, there was an, an owner of the, of the business as well. But, you know, we really learned a lot about like working with customers, you know, uh, you know, just managing the, the affairs, the financial affairs, the yeah. company, making money, getting paid, you know, diverse income streams. I was a key holder. So I had like a, I had a lot of responsibility. Yeah, I never really yeah. even thought about it. Like I yeah. never even thought about it because it's something I just it, did. Right? I did. Yeah, I used to have yeah. to get up at five o'clock in the morning in the summer to go and get ready. And, yeah. and we worked really hard, but I think it really just taught me, it, it gave me a, I, I had a lot of independence as, as a, as a teenager. Okay. And yeah. thinking about it now, like it seems a bit crazy, but like I used to have a lot of, I did have a, like compared to my, my peers, I probably would have had a lot more money than them. And yeah. I could buy stuff. I could eat in restaurants at 16. I remember sitting in a restaurant paying <laughs> the waiter cash. And I was just thinking, well, what, like, well, like this, the, you know, this, this isn't a, a typical thing a 16 year old should be doing, you know, but it's just what we did, you know? Yeah. But that, that, well, that yeah, entrepreneurial yeah. mindset sort of carried, followed me around um, my whole life. And I actually, when I got into the corporate way of, of working, I actually have to say that, like, I sort of forgot it. Uh, you know, it sort of just got washed out of me when I was in there. And I actually sort of regret that to a degree. Like, why did I not just keep doing things on the side or in the evenings or at the weekends, the way I was doing them in, in my youth? But, you know, I was passionate about learning. I went to university, a, a degree in computing and have an MBA. So I'm, and I'm, I'm an avid learner as well. And I got swept away by that also. So 
So, you know, it's, well, it's life is happening. Like, the yeah. career is going well, right? Yeah. You're putting you're putting that mm. schooling into yeah. into practice, into play. And if you yeah. start to see some success there, right, it, it's it's mm. the, I, I don't say I'd say the, the flame goes dormant or the, the spark just dims a little bit yeah, before you know sure. other yeah. circumstances come back around. And that's kind yeah. of the way that I think about it. And a lot of folks are like that. There is a there, there's it's not never in a straight line. It's, you know, there are some folks that say, I'm going to have my own business. I'm never going to work for anybody else. I had someone on the, on the show just recently that that was his, his path. He was like, I just never thought of working for somebody else. It was just going to, I was just going to do this and make it, make it work. That was, that was his thing, you know, but I think many others are finding that opportunity Mm -hmm. a little bit later. I'm said, Oh wait, I used to do this. I have some sense here. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Not as easy as you may think it is, right? There's nothing easy about it, but it is a, it is something that you have inside that you say, okay, I'm going to give this a shot. I've done it before. I can get back to that. Yeah. I think, I think, I think like one of the things as well, like my, my wife and I were, were, are like, okay, our son is five years old. Like he needs to start learning responsibility. Like what values do we want to teach him uh, as he grows up? Like, and, you know, uh, we're sort of doing some research on it. Like, and there's, you know, lots of different stuff out there but like the the kind of the entrepreneurial thinking in life of taking ownership of something and coming up with ideas and concepts and um being responsible for for your actions and understanding that there's always options like you're never just backed into a corner you might be able to find your way forward or way out of a situation just by thinking about it like so that happened recently and i was like well actually this is just a way of thinking about life and uh thinking about you know, how you want to navigate your journey of life and and get through it. So I think there there are a lot of important lessons both in business and in life that this this career can 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 teach you. So that's something I think that perhaps is not taught to kids in school. They're not taught to think. There's there's they're taught to follow a certain path. You know, you go to high school, you go to university, you get a job, you get a mortgage, you know, white picket fence, all of that sort of stuff. And that's absolutely great. I I love it. But like you need to learn to think for yourself and you need to learn to think on your feet. Like, and I think that, you know, as a business owner, um, you know, you always have to do that, you know, so it's a key thing. Not to turn this into an education and I do want to get back to, to your mm-hmm. business, but education show, but it was interesting. I had a conversation with a client mm-hmm. who's considering uh, working with uh, EOS and, and using that yeah. in their school uh, program. Mm-hmm. And one of yeah. their values that they have is to actually do education differently, mm-hmm. uh, just seeing the, the the path that has been adopted, particularly in the U.S. of, of education, mm-hmm. into more of what the economy used to be like. But obviously, yeah. the economy is much more dynamic, mm-hmm. much different, and the skills that you need to succeed oftentimes don't find their way into the classroom. So they have this, this mission that they're trying to really push forward. It's a yeah. charter school, yeah. just about doing it differently and, and trying yeah. to make sure, I think one of the things he said to me was, we're just trying to meet kids where they are as a opposed to yeah. having them go into this pigeonhole, this is the way we're going to follow. And there's, there's something to be said about that. Obviously, both there's uh, arguments on both sides, but I just really mm-hmm. appreciate his perspective because you're right. Most of the time it is, here's the path, here's what you're going to follow, and you'll figure it out once you decide what your major is in, at, in college or in university. And like, well, I probably could have used some of that earlier, right? Because mm-hmm. we're forming ourselves in the teens. But, you know, you get a lot of that formation is happening in your mind. Many folks will say it's happening well before you get to your teens, where your, your brain is getting you know, getting formed then. And then that's how it how you use it going forward. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I th- look, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I think that kids, you know, you, you, well, certainly I was in, in, in when I went to school, you're always sort of taught to well, other schools I went to, like you're always kind of taught to sort of challenge 
people's thinking, the status quo, think about things from your perspective, from your point of view of the world. Um, you know, but I think, you know, from an academic standpoint, a lot of kids go through school, university thinking that way. Well, you know, I think I think they do anyway, but perhaps not in their lives, you know, uh, outside of that arena of, of education. They kind of just fall into a pattern. Um, yeah. Because it's just not taught to you to, you know, to think about and, and as well as a society, to be fair, like we need to all contribute towards like the running of our, 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 you know, our roads, <laughs> there are our some hospitals. Things that have to happen, there are right? some things, you know, but we do need, we do need people to branch out and start businesses yeah. as well and take risks. Yeah, that's, uh, that's right. part of it. But like everyone can't do it as well at the same time. Otherwise, we wouldn't have a functioning yeah. in democracy or a country, you know, so that's, and that's about, the balance. We're about talking to those that have taken that risk and are doing something different. Yeah. So let's just talk a little yeah. bit about that. So, so obviously you have this opportunity. The timing mm. is right, although a lot going on personally yeah. to go ahead and, and get this started. So mm. let's just talk about the first uh, couple years of getting your business started because you've been in business now for how many years? You've been doing this for five plus yeah, years, I mean, right? Yeah, five years, years in September. We're oh, five years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So so what was the first, you know, the, the first year can be rocky. First couple years can be rocky while you get yeah. your footing and understand what what's going on there so just mm. talk to me a little bit about what was it like you know at launch and and trying to find that right niche or that right ground for you to get things rolling yeah well i mean i think like i had an idea and um i you know the first few months were really just about like getting you know uh, the basics of the business up and running so everything from finding an accountant to setting up websites to setting up you know our our marketing as well coming up with like where we we're going to focus on it was just me really on my own i had some freelancers sort of helping me out as well um and you know the first i actually figured out pretty early on that like i was if i if i didn't get some sort of big contract or some big piece of work that like i was going to be scratching around for smaller projects for and it was going to be very hard to do that so Within a few months, I actually managed to get a contract with a much bigger consulting company, and I subcontracted for them for about six months, and then I actually got another one. So the first year, I actually was just part of some some very big projects, and I was sort okay. of just helping them out. But it sort of gave me some air cover to start to build up my marketing, to build up my point of view, to to go and find some customers, to go out and visit some uh, you know different cities and meet different people. So I was actually pretty, I made that decision pretty early on that like I was just going to take on this big piece of work, uh, a couple of big pieces of work and work on those. And then I was going to just evolve the business from there. And I think it was, it, it actually wasn't until, I'm just trying to think about the timelines now, it probably wasn't until, um, I think it was just before COVID hit, it was 2020. It was perfect, mm -hmm. the perfect storm <laughs> right. that I actually said, okay, I'm not going to do this subcontracting stuff anymore. I'm going to just take yeah. on my own customers. And uh, I hired my first full-time employee um, that spring as well. So around February, March of 2020. Okay. So that's literally about 18 months on. And right. then I, I started posting jobs. And even though COVID happened, you know, we worked, we worked in IT and there was a bit, bit of a pause there. Mm -hmm. But things sort of resumed uh, that summer again. And we just started hiring people. So the first year was, was tough because, uh, you know, I... I had to kind of I had to I had to go a slightly different direction than I thought because I thought that like I was going to customers were going to start coming in they were going to start finding me on the internet or I was going to start connecting with them on LinkedIn and that didn't happen and it, you know it's taken years to to build up a bit of a brand and a reputation in the industry so people know who you are and we were still only getting started I always say yeah um, but it was a lot of hard work the first couple of years were were really 
like I just associate them with me just grinding really like like working really hard I used to get up quite early in the morning um you know get up at four in the morning and I'd work literally until 12 every night for the first 18 months to to two years like it was just I was trying to do everything I was in sales I was operations I was doing consulting technical work um and there weren't enough hours in the day. So it was it was hard, but it, it was really necessary to get the company off the ground. So, you know, it was blood, sweat and tears the first the first 24 months. Yeah, almost always is right. I would yeah. say you're definitely in the majority there. Yeah. Interesting decision. And, and we do find this with with some clients that we talk with quite a bit is that oftentimes the biggest value and the mm-hmm. biggest cho- cho- uh, choice you can make is to stop doing something yeah. that is actually working for you mm. right to, to go after the thing that you really set us to do in the first place right and that that's, I, I think that's what i'm hearing is that look you had you know steady i'll use the word but you had a flow of revenue that yeah. you could rely on to as you said provide you that cover to yeah, build yeah. something and then yeah. ultimately it was like well wait a second I, I this is not what i set out to do this was exactly. not the initial idea and yeah. until you say well i've got to stop that and take that next big bold step mm. right and, and that's that's a that's a big big one so uh, yeah, I, how, I think, how I difficult think, a decision was that? I mean, you you went through it fairly quickly, but my guess is that's tough. It's you know money in the money in hand here versus okay, actually this is the path I really want to follow. That, yeah, that can well, be uh, really difficult. It, it, it was, but like I, I also felt that like you know I had a vision for the company and it wasn't yeah. just doing that. But I would say to anybody who's starting a business that like you know you, you do have to make decisions about your, your revenue in a company. Like if you think about how Airbnb started off, okay. They didn't have any revenue at the start. They used to sell boxes of cereal uh, that they used to to sell. Okay, and they used to sell a lot of this premium cereal. It was like ten dollars a pop, most expensive cereal ever. Like, <laughs> e- like you look at SpaceX and Elon Musk, and you look at like um, you know Starlink, like their their yeah, you know satellite arrays that they have. They actually started that business to to generate revenue so they could build rockets and do projects over a longer period of time it's still an amazing technology but like i worked in in another software company in the past and uh you know they used to get a lot of revenue from their consulting services um but it was kind of you know it was it was still keeping the keeping the lights on it was paying people um so like i think a lot of companies when they start out they wherever they get revenue they should probably take it and it might not come from where you think it's going to come from and I think that you just need to keep an open mind. And I think like a lot of purist, you know, business strategists would say, no, you need to focus on your core competency and just stick to what you're good at. But the reality is you still need to stay alive as a company and you still need to pay people, pay the bills. And in a pure, you know, in a pure sense, yes, that's probably what you should be doing. But like the reality is you need to find revenue from some from different places and you need to keep an open mind. But it, there, yeah. there does come a point where if you stay on that that path, uh, that eventually um, you won't grow beyond that. So Airbnb, if they just stuck to cereal, yeah. they never would become this amazing platform, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And a small business is the same, you know, is the same Yeah, it's, it's funny. You, you're bringing a point. We, we, obviously, we talk with our clients quite a bit about what, what is the mm-hmm. thing that you're really, really good at and, and spending the time that you need on those things that you're really good at, right? Yeah. So we use the language of, of core focus. You mentioned you had a mission or, or a vision you know, in yeah. your mind of what this was going to be. But getting back to that core to the as soon as you can uh, is going to actually be more rewarding, right? Because that's why you did it in Absolutely. the first place, right? That's what yeah. you're about. And then when you're spending your time doing the thing that you really like to do and you're really good at, 
Mm. That's where the rewards that rewards can re- really come. Um, Absolutely. So, so let's just go back to to mm. that growth side. You said, yeah, obviously, like many other uh, early entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, and then you had a couple of folks. Yep. It is your own hard work, your own blood, sweat, and tears to get that thing going. What was there a time? Has there been a time? It's, you're still kind of in this mode, but you know, has, was there a moment or things? That, oh, I hit on something here. Now I've got it. I've got an idea of, of where I can go back to for those clients to to build revenue in the area that I want to do, which is truly this consulting for my own and not as a subcontractor for others, right? I'm doing this on my own for my company with people that I'm employing. Um, I, I think one of the key things, uh, you know, is specialization. Like, I think you become valuable if you're a specialist in a certain thing. Like, and I think yeah. this goes for anybody uh, in terms of what you do, like, you can deliver value to a client if you know vastly more about the subject than they do. And you can actually not just answer their questions, but, you know, help guide them on their journey. And I think that for me, like, it's really about delivering that, you know, value in the form of services and products to clients to, to really come in and, um, you know, uh, deliver, you know, uh, not just do anything, but like, I think specialization is really important. And I think the you know uh, any big successful companies, um, if you look at you know again I always pick these huge examples, but like if you look at Tesla or if you look at Apple computers, I mean, you know Apple like built you know computers that people could use at home. It didn't build like mainframes or it didn't build right. like uh, you know uh, military computing or anything. It stuck to the per- you know the retail computer and it it built that over years and years you know decades uh, to get to where it was and then eventually somewhere in the i'm trying to think of timelines was it in the early 2000s they came out with the ipod but that was like that was you know 30 years yeah 15 yeah with their 80s early 80s i started to say you're probably right 20 plus years before it's like years and years after like focusing on one thing so yeah i think that like you know being a specialist in a particular area is really really important um and building your big you know and, and focus on a big market as well i think being a specialist in a big market uh is where you can be be successful but if you're everybody to everything you know if you're everybody you know you're generalist <laughs> you're, you're going to find yeah. it hard to 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 bring a lot of value to your clients so whether yeah, it's know, making know pizza your niche. Or, yeah yeah know your niche sushi, and, and go you know. deep there yeah yeah Nobody i mean let's go, go to a restaurant the... that's you know that's serving pizza and sushi and uh, hot that's dogs at the much. same time that's right. yeah no, know. get really good at the thing that one you that really yeah. that really fulfills you right exactly. beyond just the revenue side get really good at that know that niche and stay there right and, and and avoid chasing some of those those bright shiny things that can be out there and that is so often can yeah. be the downfall of a company yeah. where they they get too far afield that's um, yeah. for, for sports fans out there, ESPN, um, does what it does. And, uh, folks may not remember, they actually tried to launch their own mobile phone service back when yeah. everyone wanted to have their mobile phone service. And it was a huge flop. That was not their niche. That was not what they should have been doing. They, yeah. it was a bright, shiny object. They wanted to play in a space, which was growing rapidly mm-hmm. in the two thousands. And it was it just, it didn't hit right. No one was going to ESPN for their phone. That was not mm-hmm. the case. They, they were going to something, but it was, it's a great example of how you just get far afield from what it is that you're really good at. People are not going to trust you in that space. And, and if you try to leverage beyond what you really really are good at delivering it's going to cause you trouble yeah uh-huh. and i also think that like you know you need to build a competitive moat around your business as well and you know that's not just you know hyperbole from like uh warren buffett that's a real thing like and you know people need to know that you're a specialist in what you do and 
you know, you can talk about it, you can uh, write about it, you can develop a team around it. Um, and your team also want to become specialists as well in a particular area. And to pull in talent, you need to have mm-hmm. a mission around what you do. And ours is primarily around uh, is around financial services and improving, uh, you know, improving people's lives through better financial services, banking and insurance. We do nice. operate in other industries as well uh, for various different reasons, but people would know us from the work that we do in the financial services industry. So, Roy, what are some yeah. of the challenges now that you're kind of in, approaching five years? And, you know, what's yeah. on your mind right now is sort of the, the top couple things, the challenges that are on your brain as you as you think about where you're going to take your company next? Well, I mean, it's absolutely about scalability for us. Like, and you know, we just had a conversation with uh, Josh, who's our director of technology yesterday, and talking about how we do that and how we scale. Um, and, you know, we've got a plan and a strategy around that, but like, you know, we want to be, become a, you know, a, a big international company and, you know, it's my, you know, it's my, it's my, I guess it's my livelihood as well. Uh, so the plan is to keep growing over the next 10 years. And so really it's about scalability. How do we scale our services? How do we deliver more value to our clients? How do we help clients with things they don't even know they have a problem with? You know, I think is is about is a kind of a key thing for us because we we get these insights into into businesses, these unique insights, um, and you know, for us, it's about explaining to the client what the issue is, and then you know, offering them services around it. Like so, it's it's all, every day is different. It's always evolving. It's growing, but really, it's about scalability uh, of our services is is the key. I wouldn't say it's a challenge, uh, but it, it it is a challenge. But it's a, it's sure. it's a focus for us right now is is yeah. to get that yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and for that to, for that scalability to occur, is there something that is probably the most pressing that you're trying to to knock down in the next year or so to allow for that to happen? As you think about next steps, I think this is you know many many folks have that same thought, right? Well, let me how do I get I want to get yeah. this business to the next level. Uh, I've got some some targets in mind, whether they're client count or widget count or uh, revenue, right? They're, they're setting these these ideas out there. Um, you know, is there, is there one or two things you know you need to actually deliver on to to enable where you want to get to yeah, in terms of that scale? Uh, for sure. I mean, the, some of the key things to scale, you need people, um, you need systems, you need processes and methodologies. Yeah. You know, you need to think about, you know, the you know, you need to think about your the you know, the machine that is your your company. So, and you need to build. You need to. Uh, construct your products and services in a way that you can hire people into the company, train them on them, get them to deliver value to your clients um, and uh, offer them a career as well. So trying to do that is hard, uh, you know, because, uh, you know, you need to provide training and simplify what you do, but your clients don't care. They, They want value for the money, the thousands, tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, they're spending on, uh, these projects. Um, so trying to figure out how you do that is, is a challenge for any business. Uh, so that's, that's one of the things we're focused on right now. And that's an exciting area for us. Yeah. And, and I, I think what you're reflecting on is something that obviously I spend my time working mm-hmm. with entrepreneurs on, but, but, a, but a couple of things always need to be true. One, make sure that you understand what, how you want to run your business. So we call yeah. it ours as our entrepreneur operating system. There are other operating systems out mm-hmm. there, but understand mm-hmm. that you've got to run on a system and then stay true to that system. You can't, 
You can't wing it. You, you right. Uh, the, the, uh, I like to use the word being intentional. You need to be intentional mm-hmm. around what you're doing and you need to stay consistent with that. So have yep. an operating system and then bring in what you need to enable that to happen. And in your case, you know, you've got to make sure you're spending your time on the future looking so that the day-to-day stuff doesn't yeah. bog you down. And that's some of that delegation we talked a little bit earlier is making sure you're spending time in the right, right space. 100%. Uh, but I, I yeah. think as, as, you know, at the first, you know, you could probably even argue the first 10 years of a business, certainly the first three to five, it, you're spinning multiple plates and the, 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 the owners of the company are involved in every aspect of it. But I think it does get to a place where you need to kind of sit down. And if you've got to managers or staff, to start thinking about your processes and that that operating system that you have and think about like what like what like like we this needs to be you know we need to be able to repeat what we're doing we need to have consistency in terms of what we're doing so it's really important to build out that operating system those processes to define them to write them down to give people ownership of them to version yeah. them so that like you can build on them over time and then hopefully use technology and people to you know uh, bring them to life in in your business but you know if if you don't do that a business will just stagnate or, or a competitor will come along that does know their processes really well yeah. and just do the job better than you uh so you know that's a, we're you know at that stage you know in our company where we're doing that for ourselves um well we've we've been doing it over the past while but um yeah it's really important. Well, well uh, yeah, well-run business will allow for that. And it's going to gonna allow folks to make yeah. sure that one, everyone knows what you're doing as a business. So they, they share in that vision that you have. So you, you kind of, you know where you're going mm-hmm. and then you've got the plan to how you're going to get there. And then, and then you build on that traction. And that's what, that's yeah. what we talk about with an operating system. And, it, and it's all about making sure that you can execute on these ideas that, that uh, you've got, or uh, as you said, to scale, you know, let's, what's the execution plan on that? Um, yeah. Rory, that great, great conversation. We went in a couple different directions there, but I appreciated that. It was really, really good. So no Thank you so much for taking the time there. We we wrap up all of our uh, conversations with five fast questions that have nothing to do with your company, but all about you and the things that make you tick. Let the Mm -hmm. uh, folks that are listening get a chance to know you a little better. Um, So if you're ready, I'm going to rapid fire five fast questions. So uh, you're an international guy. Do you have a favorite sports team or maybe even a favorite sport that you enjoy playing? Oh, my God. I like so many sports. I'm going to say right now... um... Uh, soccer, soccer, football soccer. being soccer okay. being my favorite. Yeah. All right. Beautiful, beautiful. And what would you eat for your last meal? What did I eat for my last meal? Yeah. Uh, what do we have? Uh, last night I actually had uh, barbecue chicken. Last night. Oh, I'm sorry. What I meant to say was the last meal you'd ever have. Uh, so oh, not the last yeah, meal yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, wow. not. <laughs> oh god. Hopefully we can do better. Maybe, maybe it is barbecue chicken. That's okay. To do I that think. As well. um, that would be really, really. Uh, that's a that's a hard one. Uh, I'd say I'd have to be something Irish. So I'd say Irish sure. too. As that. Yeah, sure. I figured you'd go back to back to your roots. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a dream vacation spot? Uh, maybe you've been there already that you'd like to get back to, or a place you've never been that you'd love to love to visit. Oh, I'd love to go to Hawaii. I've never been before. Oh, really? Um, okay. So that's something I'd love to get to. There, there, nice. Japan. You know, one or the okay. other. Yeah. Nice. Somewhere nice. in the Pacific. Yeah. Do you have a favorite movie or TV show that you tend to rewatch or maybe something that's really caught your eye recently with, uh, with all that's available for you on the streaming platforms? Anything well, I think my favorite TV show is probably Seinfeld. It's yeah, hilarious. Beautiful. 
but uh, I definitely want to see the new Oppenheimer uh, movie that's come out for sure. I am uh, heading to do that with my son-in-law well, as well. He's uh, we, we are committed to one another. We're going to yeah. make that happen. And yes, also everything goes back to science. I think uh, I was talking to somebody else and they had the similar mm-hmm. thought. I was like, I can rewatch that anytime. It's always good. So um, and then, and then lastly, just do you have a piece of advice or a favorite quote that you'd like to share? Something that uh, always sticks with you or that you can can anchor you back if you get uh, away from what you you know you should be working on. Um, I think, uh, something, um, I always say to myself, you're either winning, you learn, you know, in, mm. in a situation, difficult situation. So I think especially yeah. as entrepreneurs, they can put massive amount of pressure on themselves because they don't know something and they're not expected to know everything. And I think those who looking to get into business or in life, you know, you know, you either learn from a situation or you overcome it, um, one or the other. Uh, so there's, it's win-win in both. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Rory, thank you so much for taking no some time in a day. Glad we got this one done. Uh, if folks want to uh, find you, get in touch, learn a little bit more about your business, where will they find you? Yeah, you can go to navirum.com. That's N-A-V-I-R-U-M.com. Uh, you can look for Rory Galvin on LinkedIn. Uh, happy to connect with you. Or Rory at navirum.com as well if you want to drop me an email. Fantastic. Fantastic. Rory, thank you so much no again. Great conversation. Great talking to you. Glad we were able to make this happen. I hope you uh, enjoy the rest of your day and enjoy your weekend and have a, a great rest of your summer. Thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you. The Grow Your Damn Business podcast is hosted by Scott Goodrich, a professional EOS implementer. To learn more about EOS and how it might help grow your damn business, you can email Scott at scott.goodrich at eosworldwide.com or check out his website at www.eosworldwide.com forward slash Scott hyphen Goodrich. Thank you for listening to the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast. If you found this conversation valuable, subscribe to our YouTube channel and find us on your favorite podcast platform. We will see you next week on the Grow Your Damn Business Podcast.